Hey there, welcome to the Alinea Church Podcast, your place to catch all of Alinea Church's previous messages, messages designed to equip you on your journey with Christ. In this episode, Pastor Jeremy continues our series on prayer. Sometimes things can feel difficult, almost as if something is against you. Today, we learn that sometimes this can be the case, as we have a real enemy and spiritual attack is real. P.S. Jeremy reminds us that we have a powerful weapon in the gift of prayer. Enjoy! All right. Well, we are in our second uh, week on our series on prayer, and uh, we just felt led in the summer just to really get down to some basics, and you can't get any more basic than prayer and uh, discipline of prayer. And last week, uh, just a reminder what we talked about last week, the characteristics of prayer is that it entails intimacy, that it seeks God's glory first, that it longs for God's kingdom, it longs for God's will, it depends on God. Uh, your prayers should have an awareness of evil and the evil one, and uh, it understands the power of forgiveness, and it isn't individualistic, it's communal. And so uh, I don't know about you, but all week, I don't think that there's a day that has gone by this past week where I haven't said just under my breath, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And I've just been kind of just going through that in my head, no matter what I was facing, no matter if I was stressed, no matter if I was overwhelmed, no matter if I was grateful, no matter if I was foggy because I hadn't had my third cup of coffee yet. I was just saying that underneath my breath, our Father who art in heaven. And it has done, it has done so much good for me and my soul. And I wanted to talk to you um, a little bit today about uh, battle. Um, just in a, uh, uh, a spirit of transparency, um, I can't say the P word, right? I'm a pastor from the stage. So I'm going to say this. I'm really ticked off. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just really, I'm really um, mad at the enemy. I'm really mad at the devil. I'm really mad at... Um, uh, the success that I am seeing in people's lives. Um, there are, you know, on a, on a good day, we have about a hundred people here. Uh, I, you know, if, if it's hopping, we might have 125 and, um, there's one of me and I, I hear the pain that you're going through. And as your pastor, it weighs on me. And quite honestly, I'm ticked. I'm ticked at what the devil is doing to you. I'm ticked that you're under attack. I don't know about you, just a show of hands. How many of you feel like it's just really f difficult right now? It's just really hard. Um, I, know, I know many of you who are going through health scares. Um, that has come up uh, several times in the past couple weeks. I know some of you are going through financial scares. I know some of you are going through relationship scares. Your family is under attack. Your kids are under attack. Your health is under attack. Your relationships are under attack. It just all in all, we are under attack. 
And I, I need us to realize that the enemy is real and spiritual warfare is real. I need us to realize that we are not just going through a walk in the park. Uh, we, one of our favorite parks that we used to walk through when we were in Virginia, we would go stroll these rolling hills, and it was beautiful. And, and every once in a while, there would be a snake that would run across the grass, and Jennifer would scream, and, you know, and that was always fun. That was always like my favorite part. And, but the thing, that, the thing that I always had to keep in mind is that place, uh, it, it was not a park the way that I think a park. That place was a battlefield. It was called the Bloody Angle. And so many Union and Confederate soldiers died on that battlefield. But to me, it was just a park. And I don't want us to get distracted that... Is that a good smile? She's always on me. I don't smile enough when I preach. So there we go. Um, I don't want us to get distracted and us think that we are just taking a walk in a park. Because we're not. Um, one of my favorite subjects is World War II. And I, I'm just, my, my great-grandfather flew B-24 bombers in northern Italy. And uh, come to find out, he was the benefactor of one of the stories uh, I want to talk about. We have, we just, we just got Netflix again because one of our favorite shows came back on Netflix and we had to get Netflix again because we had to watch our favorite show. And so we're watching our favorite show and now our favorite show is over and now we don't know what to do with ourselves. So we're finding another favorite show. And there's a movie on there called Operation Mincemeat. And uh, it's a good movie in case anybody wants, you know, two thumbs up from Pastor Jeremy. Um, it's a story about World War II and about the Allies' invasion of Sicily. Now, Churchill called Italy the soft underbelly of Europe. And uh, things were not going so well in World War II. And what they needed to do is they needed that invasion to work but it had to work based on a whole lot of lies. What they needed to convince the Germans was that they were actually going to invade in Greece. That's what they needed to convince them to do. And so they, they literally, they find this dead guy, they create this entire fabricated story about this dead guy. They, they, they make up all of these government top secret documents, they stick it in a briefcase, they handcuff it to the dead guy, they push the dead guy off of a submarine, he floats ashore into Spain, they take the secret documents and then they run them to Hitler and the ruse works. They think that the Allies are going to invade Greece, so when they actually invade Sicily and they take over Italy, there was little resistance. Now, my great-grandfather was the benefactor of that because he was a ball turret gunner in B-24 in northern Italy, and so he saw hardly any resistance because we had already taken Italy. Now, we just passed June 6, 1944, happened what happened on that day, June 6. It was D-Day. Right? Um, uh, the operation in Sicily was the largest amphibian assault that the world had ever seen until D-Day happened. And you know the story of D-Day. We uh, stormed the beaches of Normandy in France, right? That was called Operation Overlord. What a lot of people don't know is that there was another operation happening, and it was called Operation Bodyguard. 
Operation Bodyguard was this elaborate ruse to fool the Germans into them thinking that they were going to invade Patakale. And so that was the shortest gap between England and France was in that, uh, that span of water. But they had to convince the Germans that's where they were going to invade. So they created an army, the first United States Army Group. It was huge. It was massive. They had tanks. They had assault landing vehicles. They had ships. And it was all fake. They created ships out of tube welding and 50-gallon drums and canvas. They had them floating in the water. They looked like real ships. They created fake tanks. They put their best general that the Germans feared the most, General Patton, over the army just to convince the Germans as much as they could that this is what was really going to happen. And what we know is that it did work. The Germans didn't have any idea where we were gonna land, and June 6, 1944 was a success. I love this quote from Churchill. He says, in wartime, truth is so precious that she should always be attended by a bodyguard of lies. On the flip side of that, my fear for you is that you are buying into a bodyguard of lies, that you don't even realize what is happening around you, that you don't even realize the, the fight that you're in, that you don't even realize until it's too late that your family is under attack, your finances are under attack, your health is under attack, because we have bought into the world's lies that all of this other stuff is more important than the kingdom of God that all of this other stuff is more important than pursuing him and a pursuing a relationship with Jesus. Now, I know that most of my messages are, are really great and really funny, and y'all laugh, and you, you all walk away, and you go, man, Pastor Jeremy, he's so funny. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to say that today. You're going to be like, wow, that was, that was pretty heavy. And I, I get that because war is ugly. War is hard. War is quite literally, a battlefield of strength, a battlefield of your spirits, a battlefield of your mind. Uh, we're not Catholic, but the Catholic Church has a catechism about this, and I thought it was very powerful. It says, prayer is both a gift of grace and a determined response on our part. It always presupposes effort. The great figures of prayer of the old covenant before Christ, as well as Mary, the saints, and he himself, all teach us this, prayer is a battle. Against whom? Against ourselves and against the wiles of the tempter. Who does all he can to turn man away from prayer, away from union with God? We pray as we live because we live as we pray. If we do not want to act habitually according to the spirit of Christ, neither can we pray habitually in his name. The spiritual battle of the Christian's new life, get this, is inseparable from the battle of prayer. And I'm mad. I'm mad that you're under attack. I'm mad that you hurt. 
I'm mad that it's hard. I'm mad that you're confused. I'm mad that some of you are questioning your faith. I'm mad because I love you and I'm your shepherd and I want to protect you. And the best way that I can teach you to be protected is to learn how to protect yourself through the power of prayer. It's to learn and understand that prayer is a battle and I cannot do it all for you. That I need you to get on your knees. I need you to understand the urgency. And I need you to quite literally rattle the gates of heaven with our prayers. Because if there's anything that I have learned in my very short life is that prayer works and that prayer is powerful. And I also know, as this catechism says, that the enemy will do everything he can to distract you from the power of prayer. He will do everything he can to get your guys on something else, to get your gaze on this, to get your attention on something else, because he knows that when you get on your knees in prayer, when you are the weakest, that is when God does his most powerful work. And he does not want that. He would rather have you distracted by everything that's going on in the world. He would rather have you distracted by, dear God, I just heard over the weekend, $10 packs of bacon. What is the world coming to? Listen, I get it. It's hard. I understand and I feel what you feel when you go to the gas pump. I understand that we're having to make decisions based off of how many gallons we're putting into our vehicles. I get it that when you turn on the news, it feels like all hell is breaking loose. But I do also know that I wrote in my journal two years ago that it feels like the world is on fire. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Except the fact that we can easily just get lured into it like moths to a flame and forget our primary responsibility as believers is to rattle the gates of heaven with the prayers of righteous saints. So I want to give you five things this morning that you need to know about prayer. One, improve your stamina. Improve your prayer stamina. It says, rejoice in hope in Romans 12 too. be patient in affliction, be persistent in prayer. I, I'm, I, I, I would love to be a runner. I'm not a runner. I would love to be a runner, but I have ran a couple of times. I ran a, a, I've ran a 10K a couple of times. I ran a half, half marathon. I swore to myself I would never do that again. Uh, so far, I've kept up to that promise of never running half marathon again. Um, but when you start running, everything in your body says, I don't want to do this. Everything in your body is like, you're an idiot. There is nothing chasing you. Stop right now. But the more that you do it, the more your body gets accustomed to running, you start to actually get this runner's high. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've ran a half marathon. I never experienced that runner's high. I'm like, it's coming any, any moment. I'm getting that shot of dopamine. I'm gonna be like, woo, it never happened. But I will say this, that you start to, you start to miss it. You start to be like, I, I can't wait to get out on the pavement again. I can't wait to get up at, at whatever time it is and, and experience the, the crisp morning air as opposed to 85 degrees and 90, 95% humidity. 
you start to train your body to get accustomed to the rigor of running. And we need to train our spirits to the rigor of prayer. Colossians 1.29, Paul says, To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Paul didn't say, man, this Christian life is like, it's like cupcakes and roses. This Christian life is so easy. This Christian life, I, I want everybody to experience this Christian life because it is the best thing. It, it's, it is all that and a bag of Bakelays. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the laughter. It makes me feel so good. It makes me realize that if this doesn't work out, I can always go into stand-up comedy. Now, I'm going to give you a different, a different way that uh, a translation, New Living Translation says, that's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Paul's saying that he is choosing to struggle in this Christian life. He is choosing to work hard. He is choosing to do what is not natural to his natural man, his natural spirit. He is choosing to depend on all the power that God has in the person of Jesus Christ in him. Number two, know your health. You need to know your health. Are you healthy? Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced back pain. If you've ever experienced back pain, you would not wish back pain on your worst enemy. And the thing when you get back pain and you go to the doctor, or you go to a physical therapist, they do something that really aggravates you. They say, where does it hurt? And you say, back here. And they say, okay, we're going to work on your abs. That's not what I asked. I want you to fix my back. Well, we need, to, we need to work on the one pack up front that you got. See if we can make it maybe a four or six pack one day. Because weakness in one area leads to weakness in a lot of areas. In our spiritual life, if we are weak in one area, it will permeate into other areas in our life. When's the last time you've worshiped in your car on the way to work? When's the last time that you sat down in a quiet closet in a quiet place in your house and you sought the face of God? When's the last time that you brought your cares before him? When's the last time that you actually obeyed what Jesus says? And he says that don't worry about anything, but everything when prayer and supplication, make your requests known before God. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you got into your word and you read or you listened to the Bible on audio and you, and, you, and you devoured what the principles that Christ gave us through scripture? When's the last time you did that? Because if you haven't done that, I promise you, it's showing up in other areas in your life. You wonder why your relationships are struggling? How's your spirit? You wonder why your job situation is struggling? How's your spirit? You wonder why your mental health is struggling? How's your spirit? Now, I'm not saying 
that your spirit is 100% and you won't struggle with depression. I'm not saying that your spirit's 100% and you won't come under attack. I'm not saying that. I am saying, though, if you want to be strong in all areas, you have to be strong in the spiritual. You have to. Because as soon as the enemy sees that you're weak, he will come and pick you off. He will pick you off so fast and you will be wondering what in the world happened and you will look back at six months, 12 months, 18 months of spiritual neglect and wonder where it went wrong and it will be just a gray, muddy mess because you won't be able to pinpoint the day. You will just see just the gradual decline. And it's something that we have to understand. Number three, know your enemy. Know your enemy. Be sober-minded be alert, First Peter says, your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. That's why Jesus says, deliver us from the evil one when he teaches us the Lord's Prayer. Do you know that we were so good at Operation Bodyguard during World War II, that two months later, in August, Hitler still was convinced that there was another army led by George Patton that was going to invade somewhere else. He was so convinced we had lied so well. I'm afraid that the enemy has lied to us so well that we are so convinced that person XYZ is the enemy. That we are so convinced that this particular situation in our life, it's the enemy. That we are so convinced that our neighbor is the enemy. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants us to get our eyes off of him and he wants us to get our eyes on other people. He wants us to not realize who the real enemy is. Because the real enemy is the devil. The real enemy is the evil one. The real enemy is the one who goes around like a roaring lion. Seeking those he can not tempt, not toy around with, not have fun with. He wants to devour you. He wants there to be nothing left. So he's, Jesus says, make sure you pray, deliver us from the evil one. Number four, know your weapons. Know your weapons. Second Corinthians 10, three through five says, for although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. That's why anytime I've, I, I've dealt with conflict for a long time, if there, if there was a conflict between two people, it was me that got shoved in the room. You go f work this out. Get these two people to talk. Mediate this. I don't know why. Go figure out what's going on with this person. But one thing I learned really quickly is the issue was never the issue. The issue was never the issue. 
Our issue is not flesh and blood. Yeah, but he, our issue is not flesh and blood. Yeah, but she, our issue is not flesh and blood. Our warfare is not of the flesh, but they are powerful through God. Listen to this for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Every thought captive, every thought captive. It is hard. It's work. As Paul says, it's a struggle. I get it. I empathize with you. I know I've lived it. I still live it. I struggle myself, especially on vacation. Ah, oh, that Bible's over there. It'll be fine. I'll get it. I'll get it tomorrow. Ah, oh, I got three days to make up. Oh, I've got 10 days to make up. I get it. That's why one of our, one of our, uh, uh, paradigms that we have for our volunteers and our staff is we say we pray as a first resort because we, if we're not careful, we will put all of our muscle and all of our mind behind something and we'll forget that it is God first. We need to pray first and then we put our hands to it. We pray as a first resort. Ephesians six ten says this, finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength, put on the full armor of God the full armor so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil for our struggle. Here it is again, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand, therefore, with the truth, like a belt around your waist, righteousness, like, like armor on your chest and your feet sandaled with the readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Listen to this. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for the saints. Stay alert. So here we are. We've got the chest, a breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, and we got the belt around us and we've got sandals on, right? We have all of that. We have the word of God. And then what's he say to do with all this? He says, get on your knees with all of this and pray. Pray at all times. Pray in every season. Pray in every occasion. Pray, pray, pray. Be persistent in prayer. Don't grow weary, pray. Don't, don't lose sight of what the real enemy is, pray. Pray because it is the most powerful weapon that we have. 
Ian Bounds says this about prayer and battle. He says, the prayer closet is the battlefield of the church. It's citadel, the scene of heroic and unearthly conflicts. Pray. I know it sounds flippant. Pray. I know it doesn't feel like it works. Pray. I know it doesn't seem like God's moving right there when you say something. Pray, pray, pray. Pray because it is powerful. Number five, know your army. Know your army. Back to Operation Mincemeat. Part of, uh, do you know why they called it Mincemeat? Because the guy, the guy was already dead. He's like, Mincemeat. Oh, that nice visual for everybody, right? So the, the strategy behind Operation Mincemeat rested on one particular country because they knew who their allies were and they knew who their enemies were. And Spain was neutral, quote, neutral. Spain was not picking a side, so they said, but they had intelligence that they knew that Spain was very empathetic to the Nazi regime, and they counted on that fact. They counted on who their real enemy was, they counted on who their real ally was, and they knew that Spain would double-cross them. And sure enough, that's what Spain did. They took the information and they couriered it right to Hitler's desk. Because they knew who the enemy was, their plan worked. Know your army. Look to your left. No, go ahead. You can do it. Look to your right. Look behind you. Look in front of you. Look all around. This is your army. You are not meant to do this alone. You are not meant to struggle alone. You're not meant to suffer alone. That's why the Bible says that we're supposed to bear each other's burdens, that we're supposed to pick this load up together, that we're supposed to go, you're struggling with that? I'm struggling with that too. That's why I don't, that's why I don't mind getting up here and letting you see my warts and everything because you need to know that I'm a real person. You need to know that I struggle too. You need to know that over the past two, three weeks, we have been, our family, under tremendous attack. And I know that I'm not alone because I hear your stories as well. I know that the enemy is after you. I know the enemy wants your finances. I know the enemy wants your family. I know the enemy wants your mind. I know the enemy wants your health. And we get to do this together. We get to realize that, oh, wait a minute, I'm not the only one that's going through this. That there are people that are hurting just like me. Look what Ephesians 4, 25 through 32 says. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Here's, there's a reason why I'm reading this scripture to you. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. What's, what did they say in World War II? Loose lips sink ships. 
Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. I don't think we have any stealers in here. I'm just saying. Um, but must work, do something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in needs. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. In other words, you're saying stuff that you are responsible for building up your neighbor because they have needs. And likewise, they are saying things to build you up because guess what? You have needs too. That it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with any form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. This army only works when we're unified. I don't have, nothing's coming up the, Nothing's come up the pipeline where I think that there's a unification issue in the church. I'd rather preach this when there wasn't than have to get up here and preach this when there was. There's nothing like that going on. But it is a reminder that when we are not unified, it is a, it is a spiritual battle strategy of the enemy because it allows him to get a foothold and it grieves the Holy Spirit. And we are weaker as an army when we're not unified. With all that being said, our responsibility is to know the fight, to know the enemy, to know our weapons and to use them. To use them. And I want everybody to stand with me and, and we're going to do something. I got plenty of time. And if you have been under any kind of attack, like you just over the past month, you're like, what in the world? I kid you not. We came in here. Kimmy, when was it? It was Memorial Day weekend, wasn't it? Memorial Day weekend, we came in here, we set up, it was a really simple setup. We didn't have all this stuff. We just decided it was just going to be easy. It was going to be an easy day. Easy, easy, easy. It was the hardest day that I have had here. I mean, nothing worked. It took us two hours to get the sound system working. When we got the sound system working, we couldn't get the guitar going through. We couldn't get the TV to connect to the internet. We couldn't get my phone to connect to the internet. I couldn't even get Apple products to work, y'all. You know it's a bad day when you couldn't get Apple products to work. I mean, something happened. I forgot what it was. I was trying to sign into something and it kicked us out or it yelled at us, cussed at us. I don't know what it did. And Kimmy and I looked at each other and I was like, this is not random. I'm not, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Nothing worked. Every time we would turn a corner to do something, it didn't work. Every time we tried to take a step forward, it didn't work. And I looked at Kimmy and I'm like, this is intentional. So I know the enemy's out there. 
I know he's trying to stop us. I know he's trying to aggravate us. I know he's trying to discourage us. I know he's trying to get us distracted. I know he's trying to tire us down. He's trying to wear us out. What's the best thing he can do? Just let's just muddy up the battlefield. Let's just let's just get a water hose, muddy up the battlefield and just have them trudging through mud and be like this is I don't know if this is worth it. But I want you, if you feel like you have been under attack over the past couple of weeks, I want you to come down forward because we're going to pray and we're going to fight. You're not alone. You're not alone. Not alone. All right. There is a, Ian Bound says this, he says, we cannot run our spiritual operations on the prayers of the past generation. Y'all, my grandmother was the most spiritual person I knew. She could pray down heaven. She You'd you'd call her up and you'd say, "Mamma, I I need prayer." And and she she'd pull out her red phone, and she would call up to heaven and she would say, "Hey God, my child needs some help." And I knew that those prayers were getting through. I knew that she was she 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 would talk about righteous living, talk about holy living. She pursued God with her whole heart. She pursued God with everything that she had. And so I knew that when I, when I called her and I said, Mama, I need you to pray, I knew the prayers were getting through. That was great. But I cannot expect the prayers of my Mama from 10 years to go to be effective today. Not that her prayers expire, but there is a time when God looks at you and looks at the battlefield and he says, dear God, son, please pick up a weapon and start swinging it. That there are some of us on the battlefield and the enemy is just having a heyday because we're looking around and there's bullets flying and there's smoke flying and there is screaming and there's all sorts of things. And the commander is going, you got a weapon, pick it up and use it. Use it. It's powerful. It's powerful for the breaking down, the tearing down of strongholds. Use it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start swinging our weapon of prayer this morning because I'm tired. I'm tired of you hurting. I'm tired of you hurting. I'm tired of you hurting. I'm tired of you all hurting. And I need you to pick up a weapon and start swinging it like nobody's business. We want to see these seats filled. There is only so much mailers. There's only so much door knocking. There's only so much advertising. There's only so much we can do. We need to swing our weapon of prayer. So we're going to pray. And as the army... You all are responsible for praying. 
you all are responsible for bearing the burdens of your fellow believers. So I want to ask everybody to just reach out your hands towards those who are down here, and we're going to pray, and we're going to do this old style. I, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and they would have prayer down front, and they would call everybody to come down, and everybody would kneel on the stairs, and it would be 500 people at the stairs down at the altar, and everybody prayed at the same time. And someone said, why do you do that? And the guy, the pastor's like, it's God. I feel like feel, he, can, he can sort everything out. So I want this to be a holy roar of prayer today. I'm not going to pray in the mic because I don't want to drown you out. I want you to drown me out. All right? Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we love you.
God, we pray in Jesus' name, declaring and claiming every authority that you've given us as sons and daughters of the King. Father God, our anointing is in Jesus. Lord, our powers in the Holy Spirit that you've poured out on us. Father God, you said in the last days that your sons and daughters would prophesy, that your sons and daughters would... Lord, you told us that we would do greater things than even you, and I don't understand that, but Father God, I claim it in Jesus' name, and we pray against enemy attacks. Any attack of the devil has no right on these people, has no right on these people, Father God. We pray in Jesus' name that you would send your angels to war over us. Father God, I pray that you would open in Jesus' name the spiritual eyes of our people, Father God, that we would see that the enemy is at work and he wants to destroy, he wants to devour, he wants to tear down, he wants to distract, he wants to, he wants to make us impotent. And Father God, we pray in Jesus' name that you would get our eyes on the real battle. And Father God, in Jesus' name we pray. Father God, I pray for any, any instance of, of ill health in Jesus' name. Father God, any cells that are abnormal be gone in Jesus' name. Father God, any, any issues with kidneys, Father God, be done in Jesus' name. Father God, that you would reach down and heal. Father God, any mental things that are, that are causing us to be distracted, depression, anxiety, Father God, worry. Lord, I pray that you would drive that out in Jesus' name, that our eyes would be fixed on you. Father God, for infertility in Jesus' name would be healed in the holy name of Jesus, Father God, that you would reach down and touch touch those people. Father God, I pray for the attacks on families, Father God. I pray for the attacks on, on husbands and wives. I pray for the, uh, the attacks of, against unity in the marriage, Father God. In Jesus' name, that husband and wife would walk out of here and realize who the real enemy is, that it's not each other, Father God. I pray in Jesus' name that you would unify, that you would restore relationships. I pray, Father God, that you would restore grace. I pray that you would restore trust. I pray that you would restore love. Father God, I pray for people that are questioning their faith. Father God, they look at everything that's going on in the world, and I pray, Father God, that you would restore the joy of their salvation as David prayed. Father God, that they would believe again, that they would trust again, that they would lean into you again, that you would, you would just just nurture and fan that flame of relationship. Father God, I pray for intimacy with you. Father God, I pray for all of our people, even listening through the podcast in Jesus name, that there would be an intimacy with the father like never before. Father God, I pray that when people walk in the doors of Alenia, Father God, that it would be a safe place for them to ask questions. It would be a safe place for them to explore the faith. I pray, Father God, it would be a safe place for them to come to know Christ. But Father God, more than anything, I pray that it would be a place where people discover intimacy with Jesus intimacy with Jesus. I pray, Father God, for, for the financial struggle that all of us are experiencing right now. Every time we go to the grocery store, every time we go to the, to the, to the pump, Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that 
we would not get our eyes on that, that we would not worry, that we would know that you see the sparrow and not a sparrow falls to the earth without you knowing about it, that the, and not a hair falls out of our head without you knowing it. Father God, that you know what we need before we even ask for it. And Father, you just say that if we would seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, all those other things would be added to you. Father God, that you say, do not worry, do not be anxious. Father God, that... Do not be anxious. Lord, you, that spirit of anxiety is demonic. I declare it in Jesus' name. It has no right in our people. You ask for the people of God to be full of peace, to be full of joy. Then anxiety no more has a right, has, does not have a stronghold in our people. And so, God, I pray in Jesus' name that we would be anxious for nothing. But every time that little whisper of worry comes into our hearts, Father God, that we would lay it before your feet. Every time that little, little hint of anxiety would come into our hearts, that we worry about our finances, that we worry about our health, that we worry about our kids, that we worry about our family. Father God, that we lay it before your feet. We say, no, this is not, this temple, this temple was not designed for anxiety. This temple was not designed for that. It was designed to have intimacy with the Father. It was designed to trust in the Father. It was designed to live out in joy and to live out in peace. Father God, you never said this life would be easy. We know that we're in a battle. We know spiritual attack comes with the territory. We know that if we're taking territory, the enemy doesn't like it. And the only thing that I can believe is that you, the enemy is so active right now because we're on the verge of breaking down some strongholds in this community. We're on the verge of breaking down some strongholds in people's lives. We're on the verge of reaching people for the kingdom. And so, God, we declare that. We thank you. We thank you, Father God, that you have blessed us with favor. We thank you that you have blessed us with effectiveness. We thank you, Father God, that your word does not return void. We thank you that people are going to walk into these doors and Father God, they're going to hear the gospel and they're going to be convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by anybody that's standing on the stage, not by any uh, spectacular teaching or preaching, not by any of that, no matter who's behind the pulpit, Father God, it is foolishness of preaching. It is the foolishness of preaching. The power is not in the preacher, Father God. The power is in the Bible. The power is in Scripture. The power is in the Holy Spirit. The power is in the Word of God. And so we love you and we thank you. We declare that you are God. We declare that you are our Father in heaven. We declare honored Honor, honor to your name. Your name be declared as holy. God, we pray for your kingdom to come. We pray, God, that you would use us to do it. We pray, Father God, that your will would be done. We pray that you would give us the strength to live it out. We pray, Father God, for our daily provision. Lord, give us what we need today. We're not going to worry about tomorrow. Give us what we need today. God, we forgive. It's hard, but we forgive. 
We're so grateful for the forgiveness we received. We're so unworthy for the forgiveness we received. God, you're so good. What a model of forgiveness that you gave us. Lord, we thank you. Lord, lead us not in temptation. Don't let us succumb to temptation, Father God. Don't give us the strength to stand. Give us the strength to resist the enemy. And God, we pray that you would deliver us from the evil one. I pray for all of us that you would deliver this body from the evil one. In Jesus' name, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen and amen. Can we just worship God just with a hand clap this morning and let him know how much we love him? All right, thank you. You guys can have a seat. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for praying with me. And um, as we close out, they're going to continue praying. And if you need prayer specific for anything, just come down at the end of service. And um, I do challenge you all to pray. I challenge you all to, wherever you are in your prayer life, all of us can just take it up just a notch. Let's do it. Let's take it up just a notch, all of us together. Um, just a few things before I dismiss you. Aiden, on my message screen, there's two QR codes. Um, yeah, yeah, there we go. All right. So uh, coming up, I don't know if you got my email, but there is a... Um, uh, something very exciting on July the 4th, which is a Monday, um, we have been given permission to hand out water bottles again at the Celebration Under the Stars at Fountains at Gateway. Uh, it's on Medical Center Boulevard. It's one of my favorite things that we did all last year. We gave out 750 water bottles. We ran out. We bought a bunch of water bottles from the Thai place next door, and we ran out of those. So we've bought 3,000 water bottles. And uh, we need your help. So we have two shifts on July 4th. Uh, we're going to provide you a T-shirt. And uh, you just get to hand out water bottles to people for free. And they look at you like you're crazy because they want to give you money. And we say, we're not taking any money. And they're like, what? And uh, so it's really fun. So make sure you sign up for that. We have two shifts or you can stay there all day. We're going to hand out water to the whole community. And we're going to help with the trash collection, um, which we didn't do last year, but it was desperately needed. So we're going to help them with that. And then to do that, we need help wrapping 3,000 water bottles. Um, though the Vincents could do it all by themselves because they are master water bottle wrappers. <laughs> they have learned it. Um, we do need help is a lot. And so uh, this is going to be at our house. So just scan those QR codes uh, or look in the email and please sign up for that. It's a lot of fun. If we all, uh, if a bunch of us show up, we should have that knocked out in an hour or two. I know it sounds like a lot, but it goes pretty fast. So uh, we love you. And I, uh, I know this was a heavy message today, uh, but that's how I felt all week was heavy, um, heavy and ticked off. And um, I, wanted, I want you guys to be aware that you are more powerful than you think you are. And it's not from anything that you possess personally. It's from the power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. 
And uh, I want, I, I need us to get that as a church and to wield that weapon of prayer as much as we can. All right. I love you. God bless you. Have a great week. I will see you next week. Am I forgetting anything? My wife is looking at me like I am. Okay, good. Love you all. I'll see well, you next Thank you week. for tuning in today. If you would like more information about Alenia Church, you can go to aleniachurch.org forward slash connect. There you can enter in your information. You can ask about more information about the church, and you can even let us know if you've prayed to receive Christ. We would love to put a free gift in your hand to equip you on this new journey. If you would like to partner with this ministry, you can do so by going to aleniachurch.org forward slash give. There you can make an easy tax-deductible gift to further the reach of the gospel through Alenia Church. Would you also pray about becoming a monthly partner through your financial giving? Our site makes it easy to set up a recurring schedule. Our prayer is that we are able to begin video recording these messages in the 2022 year and your giving will help make that possible. Please take a moment to share this message, subscribe, like, and comment wherever you get your regular diet of podcasts. It helps us by getting the word out about what God is doing here in Middle Tennessee. If you live in the Middle Tennessee area and you don't yet have a church home, we would love to host you at Alenia Church, meeting at Oakland Middle School, 453 Desjarnet Drive, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We hope to see you there. Remember, God sees you, He loves you, and He wants the best for you. God bless.